0: They are your worthy rivals. They encourage you to do more and become better, but you are not competing with them. You are not trying to beat them. They are just there to push you along.
1: Imagine how your life and business would look if both were aligned with your purpose. You would find clarity and confidence in decision-making, set boundaries to keep you focused, and take intentional actions which move you closer to achieving personal and professional goals. Your host, Amy Austin, is a successful entrepreneur, coach, speaker, and brand strategist. With marketing and branding experience spanning over 20 years for service industries such as healthcare, software, and entertainment, Amy guides you and your business towards uncovering your purpose and the true foundation of your brand, and brings it to life in marketing strategies that educate, engage, and empower. The Pursuit of Purpose explores how to put your unique purpose to work, building an authentic and successful service-driven brand. Each week, Amy will bring you practical advice to help you live your life and grow your business with purpose.
0: You don't need to compete when you know who you are. That's from Bernadette Jiwa in her book, Story Driven, which I've talked about before in, in, I think it was episode two with the release of Simon Sinek's new book, The Infinite Game, I was reminded of this quote because through interviews with him, he has talked quite a bit about the idea of competition and worthy rivals. And what he believes or what he is, uh, what he presents with that idea is that competition is somebody we can beat. Whereas a worthy rival is someone who encourages us to do better without us trying to compete with them. And that's really what Bernadette Jiwa is saying in that quote that I started the show off with, which is you don't need to compete when you know who you are. When you know who you are, you also know who your worthy rivals are because those are the people or those are the businesses that are pushing you to do better. They're exposing what your weaknesses are and they are encouraging you to up your game. And focus on how can you improve that or decide that you need to just focus on your strengths and move forward on the merit of your strengths as opposed to focusing in on your weaknesses. They are your worthy rivals. They encourage you to do more and become better. But you are not competing with them. You are not trying to beat them. They are just there to push you along. But conversely, if you think about it as competition, now you've put yourself back into that mindset of it's a game. There's a game that you're both playing from the same rules or from the same perspective with the same rules at play, with the same starting and end point. And in business, that does not exist. Just because I do marketing strategy doesn't mean that I do it in the exact same way process, time frame as the marketing strategist who lives in the next town or that I might view as a competitor to me. It doesn't exist because I do the, I do my work differently than what the next person does. Yes, there might be a lot of overlap and some similarities, but it is not exactly the same. So therefore, is it fair to compare and compete when it is not apples to apples? It's not possible. So when you think about it from that perspective, what does that mean to you? For me, what it means is stay in my lane, be aware of who is in the market doing similar work to what I do, and how can I view them as a worthy rival? How can I use what they're doing to up my service offerings or my experience offerings and be better at what it is that I'm doing? When I play golf, for example and I've I haven't talked about the fact that I play golf on this on this podcast at all but I started playing golf when I was was little my parents bought me my first set of golf clubs when I was 5 years old I will fully admit I hated golf until I was about 10 maybe 10 or 11 years old then I started playing all the time because then I started getting better I started enjoying the game because I was figuring out how to play the game and focus in on what did I need to do to get better. But the other thing that happened is I also started playing with someone who was better than I was. We were pretty comparable in how we played, but it still was a rival for me to try and, and up my game. And yeah, in a way, I guess I was trying to beat him. It was a friend of mine from high school. But I also knew that it was about just improving my own game and that I likely would never I would never beat him and that was okay because really what I was trying to do was I was just improving my own game I was learning from him just as he was learning from me and when I got into high school and started playing golf and became friends with girls who were playing on other um, from other schools yeah, they were my competition in that moment because when we were at a match, it was a finite time frame that we were there. We were playing the same course, starting at the same time, ending at the same, you know, not exactly the same time, but our meet was the finite purpose of of our being together. And in that moment, of course, I was trying to win, but the bigger picture that came into play with that is that I became friends with these people. I still am friends with one of them and that was longer ago than I need to confess to right now. But the point is, is that they were rivals for me. It was not about beating them all the time or being better than they are at any level. It was about in the moment they were a rival for me or they were competition in the bigger picture. They were a worthy rival that helped me get better at my sport. Another example that you could think about with this in business is one that Bernadette Jiwa talks about in in her book, Story Driven, and it is it's about Tesla and Volkswagen. Tesla works under an infinite mindset. They are working to build a sustainable future and they do that through the cars that they manufacture. So they have a long game with no ends in sight other than whatever their imagination tells them that they can do. Volkswagen, on the other hand, if you remember, they had a lot of problems with emission standards and everything. They were so focused on what was happening within their competitive set that they focused only on those short-term goals. Their purpose was the short-term, and the measure of that near-term gain. So they did things that cut corners and really damaged their reputation in the long run. And they've worked very hard to overcome it. And I confess, I drive a Volkswagen, so I'm beating up on a brand that I now support. But when they had all the problems with those emissions, and they were cutting corners to be able to hit those data points that they needed to, I would not have driven their cars. Most people didn't. They, you know, their, their market share really tanked because of that. Why did that happen? Well, it was because they were too focused on what their competition was doing and not viewing them as a worthy rival that pushed them to do better in their own space. They were out to beat them and they were playing a short-term game. So I'm fascinated now to see these overlaps because I read this book of, of Bernadette G was, I don't know, three, three, maybe four years ago. And now it's coming back to me as I'm reading Sinek's new book, The Infinite Game, and hearing him talk about this idea of that we really should not be focused on winning and losing and competition. We should be focused on what is our long-term vision Because in business, we don't have a starting and a stopping point. Yeah, we have a starting point because we choose to start our business. But unless you're only, unless you go into it with the idea of, I'm only gonna be in this business for three years and then I'm gonna stop, it really is an infinite game that just can go on and on and on and will continue to merge and and ebb and flow and develop out as things move forward. As you continue to work towards that vision of where you want to go, there is no set end time to it. And there is no winning or losing over your competition. Because when you do start to compete, you start to lose focus on where it is you're going. So another great example of this is one that I think I may have mentioned it when I, in the September Favorites file, which was episode 15 fifteen, I believe, where I talked about Simon Sinek's interview on the entree leadership podcast. He shared an example of speaking at Apple and speaking at Microsoft, both within a pretty close proximity of time, around the time that Microsoft had developed its its response to the iPod. After he presented at Microsoft, they presented him with a Zoom player. When he was done Presenting at Apple, he had an opportunity to ride in a cab with one of the Apple executives and he said he just felt compelled to tell him that he had spoke at Microsoft and that they'd given him a Zoom and he felt that the Zoom was a superior product over the iPod and the Apple executive's response was, I'm sure that it is, and that was all he said. Cynic's analysis of this is that he Apple is focused on improving their own products and what is it that they can do next that is going to take them one step further and improve them that much more from what they're doing. You know, they always, when they release products, it always can do something different than what their last one did. But Microsoft was very focused on just being able to keep up and do something that Apple was doing and which one still exists. Microsoft is no longer trying to do anything with music players like that. The Zoom product did not last in the marketplace all that long and yes, Apple is now probably not producing iPods anymore because they've advanced that technology so far that they've now just included it as part of their phones they weren't focused on their competition. They were focused on how can they improve the product that we're doing that meets the purpose of why we are in business and that was it. So since I mentioned purpose, let's, let's talk about that for a moment too, because I think it's really important when we are thinking about this idea of competition and worthy rivals, we have to understand what our purpose is as well because that is another point of differentiation. My purpose in being a marketing and brand strategist is very different than somebody else's purpose for doing the exact same job title. And as I said before, there are going to be a lot of things that might be similar, but equally there's going to be just as many, if not more, ways that we do our jobs differently. My purpose is part of what makes me different, which also then makes it much more difficult for me to be able to compete on any level with somebody else. I choose to view them as a worthy rival however I can look at them and say huh this is what they're doing how can I incorporate that into what I'm doing how can I do that differently does it fit within what I'm doing does it make sense does it support my purpose and does it help me take steps in order to be able to get to my purpose if it does then maybe I want to want to try and master that skill if it doesn't you know what? Move on. Encourage them to do what they do best. Maybe even refer people to them because that is what they do best and they do it better than you do. And maybe it's not anything that you want to do. And that's been a realization that has only come to me in probably the last, I don't know, maybe six to eight months is that a lot of brand and marketing strategists do a lot of tactical work. Can I do tactical work? Absolutely. And do I do it? On occasion, yes. But my purpose, my, my main mission within my business is to help people develop the strategies that they need to have in place before they get to that tactical point. Before they sink money into tactics that may or may not further the purpose that they need to accomplish. That's what I'm good at. That's what I like to do. That's what makes me different. That's the lane I stay in. That's why I do what I do. So my worthy rivals very likely offer a lot of tactical support to their clients. And that's great. And I will keep my eyes open for what it is that they do and which ones of them are better at social media versus video versus, you know, any other tactic that you might want to put on the list. And when I have a need for that, I will refer people to them. Can they also do the brand and strategy development? I'm sure they probably can. But are they doing it as as well as what I do or as deeply as what I do? Or do they bring in the why discovery work and some of the other important aspects of the work that I do when I work with a client? Probably not. That's the lane I choose to stay in. And I'm happy there. So... I said this before, but I'm going to say it again. I encourage you to take another look at those that you consider competition. And are they really competition to you? Or would you be better served viewing them as a worthy rival? I hope you enjoyed that exercise and adaptability, which, by the way, happens to be my number three on my top five uh, strengths from the Strength Finders Assessment. The reason we didn't talk about Strength Finders is because we experienced technical difficulties both times that we tried to record the interview. In light of that, we're going to put this Strength Finders episode in for this coming week. But I did find a really great clip that Erica explains what Strength Finders is and the importance of understanding our strengths. So I'm going to share that short, I think it's about five minutes, of her giving that great overview as a means to sort of prime us for that conversation that we're going to have next week. I hope you'll come back and and give that a listen. And just remember, if you have an idea of a topic, or somebody that you'd like me to interview, shoot me an email at amy at amyaustinmarketing.com or post a comment on the show notes for today's episode. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. Also, share the episode. If you think that what we talked about today related to competition and a worthy rival could be useful to someone, let them know. Encourage them to listen to my show. I'd really appreciate it. Make sure you come back next week and we will be talking about strength finders. I promise. Gallup
2: has actually studied, you know, for four decades, strengths and the positive psychology behind what we do right. And what we do well in terms of how we naturally think, feel, and behave. And so I'm so passionate about helping people tap into their strengths because it has been so powerful in my own life and my own revelation. And we need somebody on the other end, which I know you do this in your why workshops too, in your discovery sessions of helping people uncover their why, but hold a mirror up to you and tell you exactly how you think, feel, and behave in a way that will help you be engaged, more engaged, more productive in what you do, right? And so you know your why. And so you wake up every day with purpose and to fulfill a mission that's bigger than yourself. And now strengths gives you an arena to know how you're going to do it and do it well. And so it's so powerful when people understand you know how do i make decisions it's so important to align ourselves with people who can fill the gaps right? right and so i know for me specifically as a young leader i oftentimes put myself in a position where i felt like i needed to be all things to all people right we need to be well rounded or from the cubicle you know or from the crib, I should say, from the crib to the cubicle. So oftentimes we're wired to focus on our weaknesses and what we don't do well, or the things that we're labeled by are our mistakes. Right. right? I mean, even as a kid, it's so common for your parents to say, to correct you when you do something wrong, instead of affirm what you're doing well and what you're doing right. And so that's a paradigm shift in itself, but to really help people tap into what makes them unique and and to empower them to leverage that they are different. Right. And that actually contributing a different thought, a different idea, a different strategy or a different way of doing something actually tees their business and their organization up for success. Right. And so it's just heightening the awareness around our differences. Because sure. there's a barrier label right. assigned to every strength.
1: This has been the Pursuit of Purpose Podcast presented by Austin Marketing. For show notes, links, and more, go to ww.amiaustenmarketing.com. You can subscribe to the show and leave a rating review on iTunes and Stitcher. Thanks for listening.